back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Peak Endurance Podcast with your host, Isabel Ross. As a personal trainer, accredited endurance coach, and now podcast host, Isabel is bringing you the best advice, tips, and tricks for your health and athletics. Having had raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons, she's now brought all of her knowledge and brought it back to you so you can now be an expert. So sit back, relax, and the knowledge you'll receive will have you off to the races. So you like running, but you're feeling pain or irritation and you can't enjoy it like you once did. Or worse, your performance is taking a big hit. Now you're reminiscing on the good times where the wind blew past your ears. Nature looked lovely as you passed it. What are you waiting for? Go and visit the specialist at Health and High Performance. With the latest in technology and a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can help you with all your running injury and performance needs. Let's get you back to doing something you love with the results you're capable of. Head over to healthhp.com.au slash run or you can find them on Instagram at Health High Performance. Health and High Performance are located in Mount Albert, Melbourne but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide but also around the world. So contact them now on their website to find out more. Hey, it's Tom Day here. I'm back with some more thoughts. Today, I want to talk about training. Um, I've been training with quite a few people recently and um, just kind of observing different training habits and also my own training habits, really more so myself in particular. But I notice we, a lot of us um, fall into the same, doing the same training over and over again, the same course, same route, same distance, because it's comforting. Um, and I'm beginning to realize over time and that although like they're doing that the same thing over and over again and seeing those gains for I don't know two to four you know two three months uh, really does benefit our training I notice once you kind of um, start to plateau uh, it's best to move on to change things up but a lot of us me in particular will still stick with it because it's comfortable and I just want to talk about that and kind of go into being open and to different training, you know, even just a different route, different distances, different paces, and just making sure we're not succumbing to being stuck in the same patterns over and over again. Um, I think it's really beneficial to our training and making gains um, in, for the long term. And um, I think, you know, a good example for that me recently is really been slowing down my runs um, as I've been kind of struggling with an injury, but learning to slow down with my runs and not running the same route over and over again has been a huge benefit in how much one I've been actually enjoyed my training after I got over that initial anxiety of changing things around and also too um, my endurance you know for ultras in particular has really gone up because I'm okay at changing the route and adding in a couple k's um, to the route and changing things up that ends up running further um, and again, to the running slower also allows me to run further than having to run the same pace because that's what I did the week before or the week before that. So I just kind of want to talk about that, about you know these kind of habits we get stuck into and kind of just questioning them and um, making sure we're not losing out on potential gains.
Hello and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. This is episode 137 and it is an interview with myself and Ron because I will be asking Ron questions. I recently completed a 251.5, can't forget that, kilometer run from Mount Buller, Burke Street on Mount Buller to Burke Street in Melbourne City to raise funds for Red Nose Day in memory of my nephew, Jesse. And um, Ron obviously was helping me. He was crew and course designer and um, pacer, basically a jack of all trades. And um, so I thought it'd be interesting to ask Ron some questions too, because as much as it's interesting to ask me questions, um, it wouldn't be possible to do a run like this without Ron doing his bit too. So, because as, as you know, you may have seen me posting on Facebook, ultra running, although it seems like an individual sport is actually a team effort. And of course, there were other people in the team, Steve, who, Stephen Smith, who's um, from Performance Plus PTing and Massage, brilliant um, to have him along. Then there was Scott Beams, an awesome pacer as always, full of um, hilarious stories and uh, just very good at distracting me. Very loud, and he's always good to know exactly where you on the, are on the course because you can you hear, can him, hear him from a long way away. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and then of course I had Nikki helping me, and she's such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to these super long distances um, because I'm still relatively new at them. Um, and also David, who same same, you know. So it was great to have them along helping too. So it was really once again just like the previous race. Uh, run not race fkt it's a team effort slightly different team um this time the the people who were still there were ron Stephen, and scott other people couldn't make it you know and, and that's fine it's a huge commitment to do this sort of thing so to help out so i really appreciate the people who did help out and um i thought just for ease it would just be ron and i in this podcast as much as i'm sure the others have some you know great stories to add probably can't all fit on the screen so all right so um i also put it out there um to have questions so ron's written those down people that responded with questions but you've also thought up some of your own now first of all um in regards to the course what motivated you to design that course where did you get the idea of of like brook street to brook street i mean i thought it was a great idea it just sounds cool the idea initially um popped up uh, a couple of years ago, it was just a discussion um, during one of the um, Oscars hut to hut planning sessions between um, Chris and Andy. And I can't remember whether I was a part of the conversation or I was just overhearing, but Chris suggested that they should do this run just as a, a fun thing to do one weekend. I'm pretty sure at the time <laughs> I thought, what a stupid idea to have yeah. a fun time running from Mount Buller to the city. Um, so, and that was the last I thought of it for a long time. And it wasn't until we started to, you know, discuss, you and I had started to discuss what would be the next, you know, adventure that we could have. Actually, after, I'm pretty sure we didn't discuss. <laughs> you just after, came to him with After this the, um, the Seven Peaks FKT, <laughs> we were looking for something else um, to do. You silly, you know. I don't um, see this were, again, you, I don't remember. <laughs> you, you know, stupidly asked me, you know, what, what, you know what could we do next because because we couldn't you know race, race. yeah um yeah. you know what else could we do between now and um you know the next races yeah and this popped into my head as a you know as a memory yeah um so then from there on i was like well you know 
what would be the best way to get from Mount Bullard to the city. Um, I had two different ways in mind. One was the way that we actually used, which was down through Jamison um, to Warburton and then along the rail trail into the city. Um, the other idea was to follow the Great Victorian bike track, oh, the, ra uh, the rail trail, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. which travels from um, Mansfield um, through to Yay and onwards. That would have been a lot um, longer. It was a lot. Uh, well, it was probably about 30 kilometres longer, but it also um, pretty much meant that to get from there to the city, you had to follow, you know, run along a lot of main roads. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, which yeah. presented a few issues and didn't look like a lot of fun. So, the, you know, in the back of my mind when I was planning the um, the course was to keep you off the main roads as, as much as I could. You yeah. Know? Now, when we were at GSER on the weekend, Kathy Mack asked why we chose to go down Western Ridge? North, Northwest. Northwest Ridge. Yep. Off Buller. Can you yeah. explain your thoughts of that? Because that's quite a, um, it's amongst those who, who've ever tried it. it. And Kathy asked, because it is such a treacherous trail, mm. Why did you choose that one? Um, there were two reasons. First of all, it was the most direct route mm -hmm. off, um, off the mountain heading towards Jamison. Um, the other option would have been um, Klingspawn down, yep. down the mountain to um, the entry gate. Um, but then it would have put us, it would have been considerably longer. Yeah. And it would have made, meant that you had to run along the main road to get away from Buller. Yeah. Um, so once again, um, you know, trying to keep you off the main roads was my main consideration. Yeah. Plus also, I didn't actually know how gnarly the um, Northwest Spur was actually going to be. Yeah, and, and Ron and I, you know, we um, recce it about two weeks before the actual run mm -hmm. and we freaked out because yes. it was really sketchy. Yep. And at that time, because it was even colder, it was icy, which made it even worse because there's a bit of a scramble. Um, through some sections which isn't too bad if you're with other people but we knew I'd be doing it on my own so that was one of our concerns as well wasn't it yes it was so yeah um, for that very reason we decided to start the run a little bit earlier to give you a little bit more time to clear yeah. that so clear I didn't area. wouldn't feel rushed and under pressure um, to go fast through that section I just took it really easy because it was a little bit dodgy on your mm -hmm. own and um, we had made sure that there was some mobile reception so that once I was through it I could message you and say that I was fine and through it and then you could um, leave the bullet um, summit. summit car park and head on down to mm. the first aid station. Yeah. 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 So um, we had a, a couple of, um, in the, you know, in the preparation of the course, we had a couple of issues. Um, first and foremost is, um, Creating a course on a computer as opposed to actually running it in reality can be very different things. The, a lot of the mapping um, isn't always accurate. Um, you know, the computer shows roads where there aren't actually roads. Um, <laughs> it shows tracks that um, end up having big gates on them that you can't get through. Yeah. Um, it shows roads uh, going through private property. Yeah, which, um, which it shows it as not private as, property. As not private property. Um, so we, and, and normally we would do recce runs for absolutely. a couple of months and, and sort this sort of stuff out. But, of course, Melbourne being the lockdown capital of the universe, we were in lockdown and um, couldn't get out until about 
two weeks before, mm. really yeah. only one week, but we kind of pushed the envelope on that one because we kind of had to just for safety's sake. Um, and um, find that, you know, there were on the fly, we had to make some course changes, didn't we? We did, yeah. And they added extra distance because it was originally meant to be about 243. That's right. To 245, you know, yeah. give or take, because like yeah. you said, the computer's not always accurate. Yeah, so we found that one road um, actually had a big do not enter private mm. property sign on it. Um, so we had to go around that, which also included an extra um, river, river crossing. crossing. Yeah, which was quite a, may I say, sketchy river crossing too. <laughs> it was, it was really trying to rip me off my feet. And it was really deep, like up to the bottom of my T-shirt level. Um, I mean, and even you and, you know, being male you tend to be a bit stronger plus a bit taller so yeah a bit taller even you were struggling <laughs> through was. it and yeah. yeah so it was um it was tough going and and all that sort of stuff really tires you out and takes it out of you um not just physically but the mental concentration mm. required and so some of the uh, portions that I did on my own well some of them we hadn't recce we we kind of figured it would be all right but I had to do them on my own and some during the night um mm. with not you know, 100% recce confidence. That's right. Some of the tracks we were only able to park at this at one end. Mm, have a look at it. Have a look at it and then go around to the other end and have a look at it and just hope that it met up in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> and hope yeah. that it did what the map said it would do. That's right. And which it did, but once again, maps not being accurate, there was way more elevation than we expected. Yeah, and which um, really <laughs> took it out of my legs early on because I had been expecting and training for a much flatter course. And of course, as much as I have the Dandenongs or we have the Dandenongs here um, to train in even during lockdown, it just doesn't have the steepness. It doesn't, no. Um, and, and the really hard underfoot, um, like here it's quite soft underfoot at the Dandies. There it was really hard, like hard clay underfoot and um, much harder on my legs, which led to other problems later, yep. which we will get to. Hmm. Um, so just... Just let us know how you felt as the run progressed. You know, did you have any um, niggles that popped up? Did you have, you know, any, you know, doubts in your head as, you know, as the as the run progressed? You know, what was your what was the way you were thinking, and you know, how were you feeling as the run progressed? Well, I mean, originally, initially, I was feeling really good. I, I put these socks on there. The socks I wore um, in the last um, FKT. Um, and I've worn them, you know, a couple of times since, and I'd only worn them for half the other run and they're like a double layer sock and they felt good at first, but then it felt like the, um, seam of the sock was rubbing on my big toe. And at first I thought oh, I'm just being overly sensitive and paranoid, but one should always listen and, and, you know, that's okay to be overly sensitive and paranoid, change it. I wish I'd changed it earlier because that's led to a lot of problems with, I mean, like the toe, I can still feel it now and that's a week later. And it's basically the, at now the nail is just floating um, in this blister disgustingness. <laughs> um, um, but um, so that was hurting me kind of almost from the start. Like once I got through the section towards Timbertop, that's when I probably could start feeling it more. Um but like I alluded to earlier, I just find all those really steep climbs. And it wasn't just the steep climbs. It was in the corresponding really steep, pinchy downhills, which, um, you know, I think was really working my hamstrings as well. Although we tend to think of running downhill as being quad um, centric, but when it's that steep and you're trying to 
you've got the brakes on the whole time. That's really um, the hamstrings coming into play. And, and for me, it was with the uphill and the downhill between the hamstring and the calf, that whole section there got really tight and really painful and made running later on excruciating would be the word I would use for mm. it, um, including my feet being um, almost beyond excruciating. Um, but um, I mean, I know, even though I may, um, and you know, during a run, I always, I say, I don't know if I can do this, you know, which I think every runner gets to, but I, it, deep inside, I always know I will finish it. And I knew mm. I would finish it. It's just when I say that, it means I really don't want to because it's hurting so much um, yeah. and almost waiting for someone to go, oh, that's all right, you don't have to do it. <laughs> but thankfully no one said that. Say, I don't think I said that. So. No. And Nikki certainly didn't. She was like, no. you'll be right. <laughs> um, keep going, keep going, yeah. as, as she should, as any good pacer and crew uh, member should. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and like David was, oh, you're looking really strong and really good, and which I know is a big lie, but... Um, <laughs> it still helps. Mm -hmm. And so I was in, in the seven peaks one, I felt nauseous early on this one, not so early on this one. I just felt physical pain early on. And I think it's because in spite of my training being really general, like I was doing very generalized training before this because I, we didn't even actually decide to do it until about three and a half weeks before we did it. Mm. So my training was never specific to this. I was doing more flat, thinking that if I do it, you know, I'll be ready because there's more flat. But I didn't do enough hills. I really needed yeah. more hills. And but that's because I we hadn't recced it. I didn't realize it was so hilly. And um, mm. I just feel that my training wasn't specific enough. But that is not an issue with the training per se. It's an issue with the not knowing what the course was like. Yeah. Um, so one of the more difficult parts of the run was going over um, Mount Terrible, which mm. is um, just outside of Jamison. So you'd been through Jamison. Yeah. Um, you'd had had a bite tweak because it was around dinner time. Yeah, I had the world's um, worst lasagna. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say best and then other, you know. No, it wasn't that great. It was terrible. Um, but, I mean, you know, it, you, you tried. I said I'd love all, lasagna and it wasn't your was fault. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot to choose from in Jamison. No. Um, <laughs> especially at night time. Yeah. Um, and then you took off um, up over Mount Terrible. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your experiences up there? Because yeah. that, that you were still on your own at that stage? Yeah. So I headed off up Mount Terrible, which we had done that climb. And yep. it, it it was exactly as I remembered. Only, um, you know, the, we had the events map. And what you had mapped was a little bit different to what we had done when we did it in the recce. Yeah. So I got a little bit confused at one section and backtracked and I could have stuck with the way I'd gone, but you know, what's an extra K amongst 250 odd. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was freaking out about that. And then, um, because of course I'm on my own. Um, I, I don't, I didn't have mobile reception at that point, not until I got to the top, but even if I had, you didn't. So no. I was kind of, I was literally on my own with no way of communicating with, with my crew. Um, so I was just hoping and praying that I would get to the top. And eventually I did, of course. Um, and um, I messaged you from there because I had four bars of 4G, mm. but um, obviously it, I could see it didn't go through because yeah. you had no reception. No. Anyway, and I was feeling pretty good. It wasn't that cold. Last time we'd been at my top of Mount Terrible, it was freezing. And it was like, wow, I'm still in my T-shirt. It's really mild. Things are going really well. Things are great. 
and that's when it all kind of went to shit um, because the weather rolled in and the fog was so bad I could I could barely see you know this far in front of me like you know hands with in front of me um, I couldn't tell if the the grind was going up or down or flat by I could really only tell by the way my body moved which was quite scary when you hit a downhill section and some of them were really steep and really sketchy and that's what what I also think hurt my hamstrings more because I would sometimes come into a big slide or something like that. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but I couldn't see the trail. So I think I'm on the trail. And next thing I look down at my feet and I'm off in the scrub because of course I couldn't see where the trail actually went. And once again, I'm on my own and with no means of communicating and it was pretty scary. So I just slowed right down. Basically didn't have a choice, quite frankly. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and just focused on, checking my phone all the time making sure my dot was on the line because clearly you know Avenza works regardless of anything and that was just my focus just keeping that dot on the line and then I eventually came to hope track um and um that gave me some hope yes so so I I rolled down that and that just took even longer than I ever remember it because we did recce that little bit as well yes and it didn't actually at the time didn't take no it was like wow this is so short (laughs) Yeah, no, who would have thought two kilometers could last 10 kilometers? Yes. Um, but um, I found by then the rain had come yeah, in as well. Yeah, so the rain was coming, so the downhill bits were even worse. And mm. you know, rain on rock, um, yeah. is, is not the, the most friendly of surfaces, mm-hmm. certainly not on your toes either, as you're trying to you know save them. So then I, I went down that hill and met up with you guys again. Yes, so and we... I can tell you the relief was. <laughs> very great yeah so we had um once isabel went up um started going up towards mount terrible um, myself and steve had to then drive around mm. the mountain range um which um was about an hour and a half drive to do 50 kilometers it was um a windy dirt four-wheel drive track which you said was your the worst part of the, the whole was. thing for you too yeah because it? it was the middle of the night i was getting tired and it, it was you know i had at one stage i had um two deer jump out onto the road in front of me um so it was quite a it was quite a stressful drive for me as yeah. well yeah um, but thankfully i managed to get there and i got there with about an hour and a half to spare um before you were expected in so i you know closed my eyes and had a bit of a bit of a nap yeah um which only lasted half an hour or so but just um, closing your eyes, yeah. as we've discussed, and we'll discuss more. Yeah. Closing your eyes has enormous benefits, even if you don't necessarily sleep. Yeah, that's right. And then, and then the rain set in, and so <laughs> I was like, "Oh, now I've got to get all the stuff out of the car, ready for you to come in the rain." Um, so I started slowly doing that, and then, um, yeah. So and then um, Scott uh, was there as well, so I had Steve and Scott there to keep me company. Yeah. And yeah, before we knew it, um, you, we saw the head torch coming down the hill. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was, that was a good moment. And, you know, I had some coffee and some food. I can't really remember overly. I think porridge. Oh, yeah, porridge. Oh. Yes. Um, it, it's quite interesting because in the Seven Peaks FKT, I pretty much lived on that porridge. So for this one, I bought bags of oats, you know, two-minute oats and ba- a huge jar of peanut butter, bottles of maple syrup, and didn't eat any of it. You had one, yeah, yeah. one cupful, and, and that it was, was it. gross <laughs> and horrible. And who in God's name would want to eat that? So yeah, so all the things that I ate in the previous FKT really didn't serve me well. Well, that takes us nicely onto um, your fueling strategy. Yeah. Um. What What 
going into it, did we, um, you know, anticipate that you were going to eat and what did you actually eat? Well, this time, last time I wrote down a very um, detailed fueling did, yeah. strategy, which um, got thrown out the window after about 20 Ks. And we had all this pre-packaged food yeah. and everything, and it was just completely pointless. So this time I said, I'm not doing that because it's too hard with this distance of a run to guess what I'm going to feel like. You just can't. So um, we just had a variety of things. We had we bought ahead of time some chicken, which, you know, the old Woolies chicken, you know, thought it would go Went down, down a treat. last time. But the thing is, last time it was warm. This yeah. time it had been in the fridge and it was cold and it was dry. It's different. When you're cold, yeah. you want something warm. And when it's warm, it's, oh, it's so yeah. soft and oozy and yummy. Whereas when it's cold, it's kind of congealed, dry, and, you know, yeah. gross. So tried the chicken, no. Nah. Tried the noodles and pasta that we did last time and with the sauce and chicken, everything, no. Nah. Couldn't eat it. And I would have a mouthful and it would make me feel like my body was going to be sick everywhere. Um, and so two-minute noodles went down better, yeah. quite good this time. And um, what else? Oh, and you bought a... Um, and, and I had the gnocchi. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit spicy. but It was a bit spicy because of the olives. But, yeah. you know, I forced myself. The best thing we had was the chicken and salad sandwich from the Mary Jig Hotel. That's right. That was yeah. really good. Yeah. Chicken and avocado and salad. That We should have had more of them. I should have bought two. Yep. And um, and then um, two-minute noodles. Then you bought a... Um, Butter chicken. Oh yes, I'd with coconut, it. with the worst world's worst coconut rice. <laughs> it, yeah. You know, coconut rice is meant to be cooked with coconut milk. What they did for this coconut rice was cook the rice dry and hard and horrible, and shove a few flakes of coconut in it, so to get stuck in your teeth and your lungs when you're yeah. <laughs> trying to run and eat. Yes. So yeah, that that didn't go down a treat. No. Um, but I mixed the butter chicken sauce in that. But the naan bread and the butter chicken was really really good. Yeah. Um. And then the surprise, the surprise, the big surprise winner of the whole run. was a food which I normally avoid like the plague was McDonald's and the egg and bacon McMuffin. I had two of those and just shoved them in hygienically in my pocket and would nibble on them occasionally with my very clean hands and put it <laughs> back into my very clean pocket. And yep. um, yeah, it was great. That was that was um really good. And and certainly I know with the McDonald's uh whatever you call it thingy um that it was certainly well preserved and would mm. not you know give me too many issues yeah. because there pretty much wasn't anything it's, it's pretty bland real in it. yeah pretty bland and, process, and very processed. very bland and because it was so dry i had to drink lots of water to go with it to be able to swallow it down mm. and i didn't get the tongue and lip issues like i did last time admittedly this was shorter but mm. i had those lip and tongue issues yeah uh, you know, earlier in than this run, you know, that's right. I would have had them already, but no, I mean, I got a bit of a sore tongue. You, you do yeah. when you're eating and you're not brushing your teeth and it's just gross. Um, but nothing like last time where mm. I was, you know, you couldn't yeah. swallow or couldn't eat. And those um, egg and bacon McMuffins actually saw you pretty much from Mount Evelyn all the way into the city. Yeah, yeah. So. They were an absolute godsend. Hmm. Yeah, they were the best thing. And and Stephen was an absolute hero by <laughs> going and buying me, you know, quickly going to every Mac as he could and buying, up, yeah, buying them up. We um, we did try the hotcakes. Yeah, no, they um, didn't, work. didn't work. I thought the hotcakes <laughs> would be awesome, but they did not work. Yeah. They just sent me straight to the toilet. So. <laughs> 
So yeah, but um, but that's that's all right. I mean, you know, it's it's really hard to have a fueling strategy for something this long mm. because you just don't know what your body's going to do within the first, you know, fifty k as I was eating, you know, cliff bars and normal things that you would eat on a run on a normal long run, and it was fine, like it would be. But then once you start going longer and through meal times and into the night, and you're dealing with different weather and and stress and all that sort of stuff, and your stomach just completely shuts down, and what you think works doesn't. And what you think would never work does. So mm. that's why. Used, and what worked last time didn't work yeah, this time. You know, and yeah. and uh, like when I spoke to Richard Costa, the guy who does all this experimentation on, on athletes, you know, it can be what my hydration levels were like leading into it, what the weather it was very humid. Mm. So the humidity will change just how my body digests food, which will change what is palatable. And, and, and it's just, I mean, I just think it's fascinating, but um, it just makes it very hard to plan and that's why we said we were going to keep our options open and that you would go mm. and get stuff and luckily with this run we were mostly in more populated yeah. areas um though can i we say that warburton needs to up its restaurant game yes. <laughs> there was uh, not a lot uh, there was there was um pretty much all we could get in warburton um after six o'clock was pizza yeah because i really wanted a pad thai yeah but there was no thai restaurants in warburton like how does that even happen <laughs> Yeah. There's like so, 300 here in Baronia. Yeah. Warburton, Warburton let us down too, yeah. as far as food options go. Yes, yeah. So, <laughs> and even then, to get the curry, you had to go to Yarra Junction, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did, yeah. Mm. I had to drive into Yarra Junction. Yeah, so, <laughs> and even then, mm, yeah. a little bit dodge. Yes. You know. <laughs> but, you know, beggars can't be choosers in these instances. And, and I appreciate all the effort you went to. It's not your fault, but, mm. yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so... Um, I guess the next thing people like to know is, um, did you sleep throughout the whole? Because you were, um, it took you 51 hours. hours. I can't remember how much more. Yep. Um, So did you sleep um, or rest, you know, rest throughout the whole? Well, our original plan was for me not to sleep at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I figured I'd done 44 hours at GSER without sleeping or resting or doing anything. Um, mind you, I was in a state of near collapse by the end. Um, but I thought if I did it then, I can do it again. Um, but and I didn't need to sleep. What I needed to do was rest just because I just wasn't feeling good. I probably could have pushed through the tiredness. It wasn't the tiredness so much that was a problem. It was just not feeling good. So after coming off my terrible, which was so incredibly stressful for me, I kept going another 18 Ks to the next checkpoint. And I just, it had been so stressful and so overwhelming for me. I just needed time to rest and close my eyes. I didn't particularly need to sleep. Um, So I lay down and I didn't intend to sleep. I mean, I said, if I slept, I would, but I said, get me up in half an hour. What I really wanted to do was just close my eyes and relax and just kind of let it go because I'd, I'd been I think running that whole section purely on adrenaline and, and that's mm. just unsustainable. And, and, it, and you know, everyone knows what it's like when you've had a hit of adrenaline, you get exhausted and you just, you just want to stop and, and just chill for a while, which is what I did. And then I got up again. I felt so much better. It was if I'd had a sleep, but I didn't. Um, then um, the next night when we came out of, um, when we came into Warby, yeah. sort of came down that steep hill, once again, I, I, I wasn't sleepy per se and didn't need to sleep. But because my stomach had been really upsetting me, 
um, Nikki and I had decided that I should have a rest just to reset because some, and, and I'd stopped eating a while before and was just drinking water to try and sort of clean out my system just to get, try to get whatever food, what was upsetting me, which I think, oh, I don't even know what it was, mm. um, was upsetting. I think it could have been coffee even by that stage. Um, yeah. and, and just let, let my stomach have a chance to, to rest and then to rest my body, to let my stomach have a chance to rest and reset. And I got back up and I felt so much better in the stomach. Mm. And so that, that was at about, 10, yeah. 10 o'clock on the Sunday yeah. night. Yeah, so sorry, it was Sunday morning, not Saturday morning when I am, um, yeah, the other one the at Stockman's, one. Yeah. yeah. I keep getting confused with what day we started. Yeah. yeah, so I did, so that was in total 50 minutes of laying down rest, but no sleep. And um, I was asked, you know, do I get the twitchy legs? And that's a lot of the reason why I couldn't sleep in the Seven Peaks one, other than the first one first nap was because of twitchy legs this time I didn't get that when I lay down it, my legs were fine um which was good but it was just I just wanted to I didn't really particularly want to sleep I just wanted to rest I almost feel that if I had slept I wouldn't have wanted to wake up and mm -hmm. I kind of think that's why I didn't want to sleep because I knew I probably wouldn't want to wake up mm -hmm. um and also it, it um is worth saying that once we left Croydon yeah um you didn't um you didn't stop again after that you no went, you went, I didn't um, want to stop I couldn't I just thought yeah. I didn't want to sit down again I didn't want to stop again you know and as much as it was great Stephen would be there ready you know do you need a massage need that was just like I've just got to keep going because I just don't want to stop I just the thought of stopping again it, it, it's the starting again that's the hard bit it's not the stopping that's hard that's easy um it's starting again mm. it's mentally so hard and I'd been um, going through because also my body would cool down and, and trying to get the hamstring and calf to warm up again each time would be excruciating, um, like literally bringing me to tears. So um, I didn't want to have to go through that every time. So I just said, no, we're just going to keep going and and just keep going. Yeah, so we um, we had Steve with us because um, I joined you to pace you from yep. Croydon. So we had Steve um, stopping and doing the, uh, the hard yards, the there. hard yards there, and, and meeting us with anything we needed. And and he is so good. He always had everything, you yep. know, bacon and egg McMuffins, yep. Coke. He even had a had pie, a pie had for a you. Had a pie for me at, at um, in Blackburn. Yep. And um, yeah, I remember at that point we because um, we saw him uh, as we came around the corner, and I stopped and and um, you know started chewing on my pie, and you said I'm going to just keep going. Yeah. And I said, no worries. I looked, you know, I was talking to Steve and then I looked up again at one stage and you were off running around the corner. I was like, oh, geez, I better hurry up and have this pie so I can catch you. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't think it would have been too hard to catch me. When we say running, we mean shuffling. Shuffling. <laughs> at, at, um, what was that? Probably 230 kilometres yeah. in then. Yeah. You know, any kind of shuffle is is not too bad. Yeah, it's a, it's and, and look, thing, so. yeah, and it was just because I just wanted to get it done. Yeah. I just, I was at that point, I just let this be over soon um but i actually um really enjoyed that section from croydon with you you know mm. the sun had come up it ended yeah. up being a beautiful day yeah the sun was out it was warm occasionally it was cold but mm. you know and and we were chatting and you know nikki had said to me when i was saying how awful i felt she was like you you'll you'll come good you'll come good unfortunately it took 210 k's to come good but, <laughs> or more yeah. But, um, you know, I, I did eventually come good and, and you know, it was much nicer to end feeling good than, than to end mm. feeling bad. Yeah. 
Um, now, someone um, on Facebook has asked if you had a pacing strategy. Um, no. Um, and, and I know someone also wanted to know if I had a run-walk strategy. Mm. And, yes, certainly from the start, it was just walk all the hills. Um, and, um, and that degenerates into walk whenever you need to um, and, you know, and just run the downhills. And that degenerated into just run whenever I feel I physically can, which wasn't always that often. You know, as we're getting closer and closer and I'm getting in more and more pain, um, you know, sometimes mm. I could bust out, like, like we said, a bit of a shuffle on the downhills. And, and sometimes I actually felt quite good and thinking, oh, my God, I'm at like 230 Ks and I can't believe it. Um, but then half an hour later, I'd say, I'd say to you, it was coming in like it was surf yeah. I'm surfing because I'm riding different waves constantly, a wave of tiredness, a wave of feeling good, mm. a wave of feeling nauseous. And it would just come in waves and it would keep swapping and, and, and the waves of good would be awesome, but I knew it wouldn't last. So I tried to really enjoy them, mm -hmm. but then I'd get hit by the next wave and it'd be like, oh no, not this one. I prefer the other wave. Um, but, you know, I just kept pushing through that knowing the good wave would come eventually too. Yeah. yeah. And so, yes, my strategy from the start was to run by feel and run, walk by feel, but always walk early um, because if you go out too hard from the start, you're just, it's too, too much for the body. So I walked all, all uphills as in height using poles. So I would march. I wasn't um, ambling up them. Yeah. It's also a bit hard to have a strategy per se, because there's so many different um, mm. terrain, Yeah. you know, you know, where we started from rocky outcrop, you know, skidding down rocks on your backside to yeah. four wheel drive tracks yeah. to rail trails, to, to a, just a, you know, a fairly straight dirt road and then, you know, onto bike, inner city bike tracks. So, yeah, and then footpaths. Yeah, and footpaths. You know, so, city, so. so, yeah, and, and and like we said, we, we hadn't put together recce's of all of the course. So, mm. you know, I just, we just did what we could. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so how, how did you feel once you got there, once you got into the city, what, what kind of emotions and feelings did you? um did you go through it's funny because it was the same with the seven peaks ones i thought i'd feel this awesome whoa this is so amazing this is so cool and i did feel that a little bit because at least it was daylight this time mm. um but it's kind of really an underwhelming feeling it's just a oh my god thank god that's over um but i was i mean i was happy and i was proud of myself but even now it, it still doesn't almost feel real like it, i don't know how to explain it but it doesn't feel like it's real mm. i don't know yeah i mean and, and basically you know once we got into the city you know it was just life as normal in the city you yeah. know lots of people going about their business there was even a you know a um sack dan andrews, andrews um <laughs> protest. protest as we as we you know the top of burke street got to the top of burke street here we were so happy to get you know to the top of burke street and then all of a sudden they started their chance and <laughs> gave me a heart attack yeah that's right um, uh, yeah and then we got into the mall and yeah people should people would go on about and then there's us and, weirdos me with my pack on and my poles and yeah we, we did the poles did get a lot of strange looks as we were making our way through the city Isabel but they were very the necessary to hold <laughs> Be upright. Tell tell people what would happen at the um traffic lights. Oh yeah, so Isabel, you know, obviously we had to stop and wait for the little green man regularly, and you know we'd all there was myself, Nikki, and, and Isabel, and 
you know, we'd stop there and I'd be standing just behind Isabel because every time she stopped, she'd, you know, take three shuffles backwards and I'd just have to put my hand on her back just to stop her from going any further. Yeah. Once she stopped, she was all right, but she would just always, you know, stop. I was, and I was then just a little backwards. bit off balance. There's something about running long distances, which I've always had that when I run long distances, I just lose my balance if I stop. And that's why I prefer to just keep moving as well because um, mm. balance is a real issue for me. Mm. Um, there's nothing wrong with me other than the usual, <laughs> um, but um, it, it's just I lose my balance. And, and I can, that's why in races, I, I've come into aid stations before and been wobbling all over the place and people want to pull me from races. And there's nothing wrong with me. I just, it, it does something, it must do something to my inner ears. I don't know yeah. because I cannot balance and I wobble everywhere and I, it looks like I'm drunk, mm. but I'm not. Mm. <laughs> Obviously. No, no, but it's uh, drunk it, on the joy of running. It, it can be a bit alarming at first, <laughs> yeah. and then you kind of get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, in a, it's been a week, um, mm. pretty much today, obviously, um, since the run. So, how's your recovery gone? How are you feeling now? And how have you felt in the, you know? Yeah. So, someone did days? ask if I if I stayed awake, and and yes, I kind of wanted to treat it a bit like jet lag and not go to bed straight away. And to be honest. I couldn't because I, I was still sort of jacked up in the head, you know, I'd had a lot of caffeine um, and there was the excitement of finishing. And so we got home. What did we do? We sat on the couch. Um, I can't even remember. Yeah. Well, we had to unpack the car. Yeah. Um, and well, you did. I did. <laughs> and then. Cause yeah. I couldn't actually walk my feet. I had to um, crawl up the stairs to That's get upstairs. Right. You did. And then by then it was, you know, five o'clock and, yeah. and we just. And I was yeah. hungry and I still wanted that bloody pad thai. Yes. So, so, yep. so Ron went and got me pad thai and good coconut rice and put it all down and here you go as well. And I had about three muscles and went, That's oh, right. I'm so full. Like, oh, I can't oh. eat another thing. That's right. But it, we were we were early to bed that day. <laughs> yeah. And so then I went, we went to bed probably, what, 8 o'clock, 8.30. Yeah. Yeah. And then I woke up at about 2, starving to get death and got up and managed to get myself up the stairs yeah. by myself. And um, and opened up all the time, ate it cold out of the containers. Not a lot, once again, because for some reason, I don't, like we were saying, we don't know why. It's not that the stomach shrunk. It must be um, inflamed in some way. I would have a little bit and I would get so full. Um, so I had some more Thai at two in the morning and then um, um, put that mm. back in the fridge and went back to bed and then got up in the morning and we had... Um, eggs on toast yes, yes, I just was craving protein craving which I always do after a big run I crave protein which to me is my body's way of trying to repair itself mm. and I honor that by eating a lot of protein yeah and I but eggs was the easiest you know bit for me to chew and yeah. and to digest mm -hmm. you know I couldn't eat anything that would be hard to digest because my poor stomach had gone through enough <laughs> And I couldn't drink coffee the next day. No. Well, and I'm a coffee addict. Yes. You know, that means I'm on my deathbed if I can't <laughs> drink coffee. And I literally could not. Yeah. Our, our a... mornings revolve around coffee. Yeah. So without coffee, I don't know what we'd do. No, I know. <laughs> Life wouldn't be worth living. Um, and, and you make me a coffee and out of guilt, I'll drink a little bit because I thought, oh, you've made me this coffee. And then I'm just like, I just can't drink anymore. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but then once again, I thought, no, my body's trying to tell me something. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't want that. So I just poured it out and um, but by the next day, all was yeah, well with the world because I could drink my coffee right. again. Yes. 
And once again, there's no problems now. <laughs> yeah. and, and how's the body pulled up? You know, well, any... um, you know, my feet were really sore. I had the hamstring and all that was a bit sore. And that still is tight occasionally. Um, on the Wednesday, I got a massage from Stephen. And, um, you know, he said everything felt really good. And I, I, considering I felt pretty good, I was able to put shoes on by Saturday? Uh, Friday. Was it? Yeah, it was Friday. No, I was wearing thongs at um, check-in, at gear check. Yeah, but that was Thursday. Oh, my God. See, I have no clue. <laughs> it was Friday. Friday was the day we went for a walk. Yeah, okay. So Friday I went for a walk and, and we went, you know, for a 20-minute walk and I was like, oh, my God, I need to rest. My legs are so sore. <laughs> um, but, um, but then every day, it's just amazing. And I've had naps every day. Today was my first day without a nap because I actually ended up, I had to work anyway. Can't really nap in the classroom with all the kids around. They, God knows I wanted to today with those kids. Um, <laughs> um, so um, I, I've been napping every day, just easing for Australia. Mm -hmm. And um, and that <clears throat> is what has helped me recover so quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, last time I don't think I ate so well after. I, I was trying to just eat my normal diet, just stick to my normal diet still. But this yeah. time I've gone, nah, I'm... I'm I'm just going to eat what my body tells me at once, which is everything. Mm -hmm. And this time I did it and I've recovered so much faster. And last time I didn't nap as much because I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, that's just being lazy napping. But this time I've napped as soon as we've, I've needed yeah. it, which might be 9 o'clock in the morning, you know. Um, I've had a nap and, um, and it's made all the difference. I'm feeling really good. We went for a walk this afternoon. Tomorrow I'm going to try just, just a little walk jog just for half an hour just because... I'm sick of sitting on my butt <laughs> and um, yeah. my body, it, once again, it's telling me it wants to move. It doesn't want to do a big run and I'm not going to do any training per se, but my body wants to move. It feels it's time to move. So I'm um, once again, honoring that and nothing highly exerting because I think your body, you've really got to get the recovery right, especially for me. I need to get the recovery right because I've got Barclay in March and um, if I mess up this recovery, then I won't be able to train properly for Barclay. Well, that, that kind of leads me to my final question. Um, what's next? Well, Barclay. Yes. <laughs> Barclay Marathon. So, yes, I am back in. Um, and um, so now I have to focus on getting my hill legs back. So really, really strong hill legs. And we've got to work on improving my navigation um, again. You know, we've had to do this so many times now, it feels like. But... Mm -hmm. Um, just and it's been so hard because of course in lockdown you can't go anywhere to do navigating all the row games have been cancelled and there won't be any row games now because they don't do them during summer because they don't want people off trails off trail in summer which is is fair enough the danger of fires and whatnot <clears throat> and people stuck out god only knows where mm -hmm. so we're just going to have to do all of that on our own um, practice wise and um yeah, just getting ready for Barclay and then after Barclay is DU. Hmm. And I'm hoping the training for Barclay will lend itself well for DU because then, of course, I'll have to recover yeah. from whatever happens at Barclay. Who knows what will happen hmm. there? Right, yeah. Well, have you got anything to add? Any, anything? No. Do you have any, like, tips for people crewing or pacing somebody? Um, I think the biggest one is uh, sleep when you can. Um, you know, there were moments yeah. where, um, you know, I, I would get to a spot and have a half an hour to an hour um, spare 
So although I didn't um, necessarily sleep, um, I would just, you know, close my eyes and just rest. Yeah. Um, rest for half an hour. Um, and then, you know, but um, what I've found is it's much better to get to where you're going first and then rest. Because if you yeah. um, <laughs> fall asleep, if too, fall long. asleep for too long, you oversleep, um, yeah. then, um, then you're not much used to your uh, runner. Yeah, because the the worst thing you want to do is miss a, a, you know, a meeting spot. And can I say that um you've got the um crew attitude nailed. Um I don't know if I could be as good as you with your patience, as in when I would make my demands of I want this, I want that, or no, oh, you and you cook me these beautiful meals, and I have one nice one go, nah, can't eat that. <laughs> And all the work you've done has yeah. gone to waste. You just take it in your stride. You're just like, yep, that's okay. No worries. Blah, blah, blah. And um, that just makes it so much easier for me because then I don't have to fake things. It means mm -hmm. I can um, mm -hmm. really be honest with you yep. because I know you're not going to get funny with me, yep. which I'm not saying other crews do, but it's easy. You've gone to all this effort for someone and then they don't want it. It's easy to get offended. And, and I'm... Mm. I, I don't know what I would be like. I mean, I hope I would have your patience, but I, I honestly don't know after, you know, 40-odd hours of, of pandering to someone's every whim and then they yeah. go, nah, don't want that. Yeah. You know, like it, it takes a a special kind of patience to um, be able to do that for someone. Yeah. And I think um, that's what people need to keep in mind when they're wanting to crew for someone is you have to be completely selfless. And, right. and, and I don't know... I mean, I'd like to think I could be that selfless, but, you know, I don't know. I've never had to do it for that yeah. long. You, you just have to recognise why you're there and what the whole point of what of being there is for, you know? Yeah. Um, you, the whole reason um, that I was there and Steve was there is to get you through to the end. That but was our yeah. first and foremost reason. Yeah. So, you know, once you get your head, you know, get into that headspace, then it becomes a lot easier to be patient and to you know, try different things and if it doesn't yeah. work, oh, we'll move on to the next thing and, you know, try So that. it didn't annoy you that things wouldn't necessarily... Not at all. No, yeah. not at all. Um, mm. Obviously, it made me happy when it did work out. <laughs> um, but no, because it, you know, I just, you know, the whole idea of trying different things and just, you know, because the whole point was trying to get something into you. Yeah. You know, we've got to get you fed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it didn't matter what it was, you know, the fact that we hit on the, you know, the Egg McMuffin. You know, <laughs> that was, was Stephen's idea. I, I suggested yeah. the hot cakes. Yeah. And he said, oh, what about a bacon egg McMuffin? And I went, ooh, and even my stomach went, ooh. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, so that was a, a winner. Mm. Yeah, and, and and it's funny, and that's the thing, you've got to keep trying and keep trying and then you find it. That's right. But, yeah, both you and Stephen, both incredibly patient with me, incredibly um encouraging and supportive and and that's exactly what crew has to be and and like you and Nikki and Scott and David when you're pacing me just so supportive and just um yeah I mean it just takes it makes me feel really selfish for being in that moment and everyone you know trying to help me but you know I'm also trying to think of the bigger picture of, of you know raising funds for Red Nose Day mm -hmm. and, it, and it's surely not such a selfish endeavor then yep. um <clears throat> But um, I think it's, like I said, it, it's not an individual sport. It's a team sport because there is no way I could have done that on my own. Absolutely no way. Um, 
I mean, maybe I'm hoping to apply for this to be an FKT and I'll do it as, as solo female supported. And um, I would be, you know, not amazed, but like that would be awesome to see someone do it solo unsupported. Like I, I don't understand how someone would do mm, that quite yeah. frankly, mm. you know, um, that would take a special kind of strength, mm. inner strength, I think, because as it was, that took enough inner strength. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, how, as a finish off, let's um, um, why don't you just um, tell the listeners a little bit about the charity itself and why you did it and um, yeah. what what came of it? Well, um, Red Nose Day obviously is raising money for SIDS, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. And um, unfortunately, you know, Red Nose Day doesn't get a lot of um, support from the government, even though it's incredibly devastating for the families involved. It, um, as I said in my the video when we started, I can't think of a greater pain than losing a child. Um, and even if you haven't had children, I'm sure you can understand that that would be incredibly painful. Um, and to me, I can't think of anything worse ever happening, that, that pain. So um, there should be more support for that because Red Nose Day then provides support for those parents and families who desperately need help and, and that support. Um, and of course, with COVID, normally they um, would be selling things for Red Nose Days and getting out there amongst the public, but they couldn't do that. They were trying to sell online and it, it just doesn't work as well. So their funds have been way down because of COVID. And um, my sister's son um, died of SIDS, Jesse, um, when he was only three months old. And it was devastating for her and her family. And um, I know Red Nose Day really helped them so much so um you know i wanted to give to red nose day to help and to honor um jesse and and his life as short as it was and also my sister's family um and how strong they were to get through that and like i said when i started my run yeah i'll be in pain during the run i knew i would be and i was i certainly did that but once again that pain ended you know mm. and i could move on and move forward quite easily Whereas those kind of, that emotional pain is, is much harder to deal with and, and families really need the support of, of Red Nose Days to help, to help them get through it. So my goal was $2,000. Um, I think we're currently at about $2,500, which is absolutely awesome. I'd love it if we could get to $3,000 um, or, or more. So I will put a link to the um, charity, um, Jesse's Run for Red Nose Day is, is the page that I have created. Um, and anything you can donate, like the smallest donation, every little bit adds and, and helps and, and makes a difference to those families in need. Well, I think you did a great job. <laughs> <laughs>